Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, for the preaching of God's word, and I'll be reading from verse 7 down to verse number 9, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7. The Bible says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his son. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this great salvation that you've afforded to all mankind. And we thank you for the sacrifice made on Calvary's cross when Jesus suffered and bled and died. And in doing so, for those of us who would place our faith and trust in you, you've separated our sins as far as the east is from the west to remember them no more. Thank you so much for the gift of salvation and for the forgiveness that we can have an experience. I pray that you would bless in a very special way as your word goes forth tonight. I pray that you would use it to strengthen some heart. And if there's someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night of their salvation. Dear Lord, we need you. We can do nothing without you. And there are many burdens that are upon our hearts. But I pray that these will all be these will be lifted as a result of our confidence in you. Thank you once again. Bless in a very special way as your word goes forth. Use it for your honor and for your glory. Give me the words you'll have me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. In court cases, there are times when a witness is so valuable and essential to a case that he or she is referred to as a star witness. This witness might have had eyewitness testimony that would be a powerful tool in helping to reach a verdict. But in any event, this star witness is key to proving or disproving whatever charge is laid against the defendant. A star witness is deemed one to be credible, to be believable. And these characteristics help convince and confirm the jury and the public as to what took place regarding such case. When it comes to our salvation, make no mistake about it, that the Holy Spirit of God is a star witness. Why is that important? Why is it important that we have a witness regarding our salvation? Well, it's important because just as having proof in a courtroom or a court case is important, it is important that those of us who name the name of Christ for such a critical, for such a vital decision that impacts all of eternity, my friend, you and I need to have proof of our salvation. 
we are not to get to the end of time here on earth and say, "Uh uh-oh, I made a mistake. Or, "Uh uh-oh, I thought. Or, "Uh uh-oh, what if I had known. It is important that we understand for the significance of the most important decision that can be made on planet earth that we are proof positive. We are completely sure that I am indeed a child of God. And for that, my friend, you need to have proof. We've been examining a number of proofs of salvation in 1 John chapter number 5. And the first one that we looked at and observed in verses 1 through 6 is that of conversion through the Savior. In other words, a Christian life must be characterized by a change. A change that began on the inside through supernatural working of Almighty God. Make no mistake, your salvation is not a result of your own actions. It's a result of God supernaturally performing a transformation on the inside as a result of faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that manifesting itself on the outside. Proof of salvation. Conversion. Can you detect a change in your life as a result of God living inside you? That's the first proof that we examined. Last week, we began looking at the second proof, and that is confirmation by the Spirit. Confirmation by the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead, is a star witness because he is truth. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 6 in the latter part. And it says, it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. He defines truth. He establishes what truth is and what truth is not. And because he defines it, he delivers it. He testifies that Jesus is in fact God. He's God the Son, and he's the Son of God, and he testifies what truth is. These powerful testimonies, and anything that this witness speaks to, my friend, is convincing. It is conclusive because he is God. Who dares refute what God confirms? But if that were not enough, I want us to notice tonight that this powerful witness, that really, because he is truth, because he delivers truth, really and truly, you can think logically, that he could stand on his own. But this powerful witness has support. This powerful witness has corroborating evidence. And I want you to notice that this witness is a part of the divine trinity. You can jot that down. The divine trinity. Look at verse number 7. It says, For there are three that be a record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now, I want you to understand that 
John mentions this here, not by accident, and you will see in the, in the subsequent verses as well, that when it comes to the matter of being a witness, in Old Testament law, and you'll see this also in the New Testament with the number of verses that I'll, I'll have us point to, a verdict in order to reach a conclusion or a conclusive verdict that was accepted required legally multiple witnesses. Turn with me in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse number 6, and you'll see this very clearly. Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 6. The Bible says, at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death, but at the mouth of one witness he shall what? Not be put to death. Turn over to chapter 19 and verse number 15. It says, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Now, look at Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, you'll see the importance of multiple witnesses to confirm a verdict. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 16, the Bible says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. We understand this in Matthew 18 is often referred to when it comes to the matter of resolving conflict, this determining uh, who's wrong and who's right. Witnesses and multiple witnesses are important. Now back in 1 John chapter number 5, John establishes that the Spirit confirms that Jesus is God. But he says here very clearly that even the Holy Spirit has witnesses who can testify to the truth of what is being said. And so he says the Father, the Word, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Uh, the Trinity as we understand it and we know it, that God is existing as three distinct, equal, eternal persons, and they function as one. God is bearing witness. They be a record. They support each other. They are one. You will not hear a disagreement. You will not hear a difference of opinion between them. And he says, this Holy Spirit has corroborating evidence from other persons. And so he's saying that this Spirit can be believed. This Spirit uh, confirms Jesus as God. But I want you to notice something else about the confirmation of this Spirit. Not only the, the, the presence in the defined trinity, but notice that he has what I call dual territory. He functions in two places. Now look at verse number 7, and then we look at verse number 8, and I want you to notice what we observe there. 
Now, verse number seven says, for there are three that bear record where? In heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And then in verse number eight, it says, and there are three that bear witness in where? In earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, if you notice and you're paying attention to these verses, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is, is bearing record and witness in heaven, and he's also bearing witness on earth. He's functioning as a witness in two territories, two places. Now, in verse number 8, it says, he be his witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And if you were here a couple of Wednesdays ago, we, we understand that the, the water is referring to the baptism of Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well Please. And so remember the context here that he's referring to again witnesses corroborating that Jesus is who he said he is. And so he says here the spirit be a witness with the water. And we also examined that how does he be a witness with the blood? Well, we understand that the blood here refers to when Jesus was crucified on Calvary's cross, that there was uh, unique circumstances and events that took place, uh, the earthquake and the, the veil that rent in two. And so he's saying here that the spirit is functioning not only in heaven bearing witness, but on earth as well. He testifies that Jesus is God. He has dual territory. But notice in verse number eight, that this Holy Spirit provides doubtless testimony. It says in verse number seven, these three are one. They are saying the same thing. There, there is no dispute. There is no differences in what they are being said. What is being said? But notice in verse number eight as well. He says these three also agree in one. Listen, there is no reason, no opportunity for refuting. They have confirmed what they are stating to be true. My friend, that is confirmation. That's proof positive. That means that you and I can believe with full assurance what the Holy Spirit is saying because as much as he's divine and he's speaking as the, the epitome of truth, he has corroborating evidence not only in heaven but in earth. There's no reason to doubt. There's no reason to wonder. There's no reason to hesitate. Can I believe what is being confirmed? Doubtless testimony. I mean, you watch the court dramas on television. And, and even after hearing all shades of witnesses and evidence, you're still wondering who's really telling the truth. And some people are so convincing. I mean, they lie so well. I mean, they sound like they're telling the truth. But the Witness of the Holy Spirit, my friend, it is doubtless testimony. But notice something else in closing tonight. I want you to notice about his testimony. It's not only doubtless, 
But it is decisive. It is decisive testimony. Look with me at what verse number 9 says. It says, if we receive the witness of men. And that word if, you can think of it as since. Or if we are going to believe. Since we are going to believe. The witness of men. The witness of God is greater. Now, understand. John, keep in context and keep in mind that he is speaking to the believability of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to the fact that the Holy Spirit is confirming that Jesus is God. He mentioned earlier in the chapter that, listen, if a person does not believe from their heart of hearts that Jesus is God, he cannot be saved. He cannot be born again. So he's, he, that's an essential pillar of salvation. That's an essential pillar of the truth. Now, he says, since we receive the witness of men, or if we believe the witness of men, He's speaking here to the fact that Jesus had 12 disciples. Now, we establish in Deuteronomy and Matthew 18 that in order for you to come to a conclusion that something is true, you need two or three witnesses. You with me? And he's mentioning here that we have the witness of 12 disciples. No, that's so much more than three. That who walked and talked with Jesus. Who saw him bleed and die on a rugged cross. And who saw him rose again from the dead. And, listen, and was alive. He says, listen, we can believe their testimony because 12 people heard and saw what Jesus did. In addition to that, these disciples, if you remember who they were before the resurrection, these were who we would call scaredy cats. These were men who ran for their lives when Jesus was arrested. But after Jesus got up from the grave, these same men were transformed into fearless men of God who were willing to give their lives. And listen, every single one of them was martyred for their faith. Listen, they had seen something that they could not refute and they were not going to change their minds because they saw Jesus raise up from the dead. And they gave testimony of that. Twelve of them. And John is saying, since we're going to believe, the witness, and we are obligated to believe the witnesses of 12. Man, that's a lot of witnesses saying the same thing, willing to give their lives for the same cause, to go to the death, to go to the stake, to go to the cross, to be beheaded for the same reason. He's saying, since we're going to believe the witness of 12 Imagine this. The witness of God is even greater than the twelve. He says there is no reason, no logical reason to doubt and not believe that Jesus 
is who he said he is. It's decisive. He says, since, or if we receive the witness of men, he's basically making an acknowledgement that you have received and believed what has been said by men, but get this, the witness of God is even greater, and God himself has testified that Jesus is in fact the Son of God. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. My friend, that is why when it's all said and done, salvation is based on belief. And no one is going to be able to say, well, I thought. If I had known, I was not convinced. I didn't have enough reason the evidence is overwhelming. You know, sometimes we tend to believe that if we lived 2,000 years ago, for those who are doubters, I would have believed if I saw it for myself. You know, a lot of people saw it for themselves and still didn't believe. They were the ones being healed. They were the ones being raised from the dead. They were the ones receiving sight after they were blind. And they left still not believing. And thousands of years later, there are still people who sadly will be relegated to a timeless eternity because with all of the evidence and all of the confirmation, they chose not to believe. Salvation has its proofs. It's first of all seen in a changed life. A conversion on the inside that manifests itself on the outside. If that's not there, you need to question. It happens when a person places faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. But if that were not enough, there is confirmation by the Spirit of God. The Spirit testifies that Jesus is the Son of God. And he testifies that he lives inside you. He's truth. He speaks truth. He delivers truth. He is truth. When you have the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside you, you can be assured that you are a child of God. By the way, if he lives inside you, he's going to tell you some things. If he's not telling you anything, that's a problem. He's either not there or you've quenched him. And either one is not good news. But I trust that tonight, if you are truly born again, that you have the assurance of your salvation because you have experienced conversion to the Savior and you also experience continually confirmation by the Spirit.